And I feel that it, we cannot yet move on. We need to still be in that place. You can hand out the emblems, it's fine. But who knows that song? Blessing, honour, glory to the Lamb. Can we please have those words up? Thank you, Lord God, for a powerful anointing to set the captives free. Oh, God, we bless your holy name. Let's sing together. Have we? Blessing, honor, glory to the Lamb. Oh, Righteous, worthy is the Lamb. Everybody, blessing. Blessing, honor, glory to the Lamb. Holy, righteous. Worthy is the Lamb. Death could not hold you down, for he is risen. Seated upon the throne. Seated upon the throne. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God. One more time, blessing. Blessing, honor, glory to the From our heart of hearts, we bless you and we exalt your name. Worthy are you, Lamb of God, who took away the sins of the world, our coming King. Oh, we anticipate your return in clouds of glory and how we bless your name this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, we want to read this morning just a scripture from Romans, it's Romans 8, 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are, are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, 
nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, not any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is nothing, no, not one thing that can separate us from the love of God. There was the question in verse 33, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, that is a very plain, plain question. And we see in the scriptures that no one can be successful against us. The church is living. The church is alive. The church is the very hands and feet and mouthpiece of God. The church is in you. The church is in me. Come on now. God will supply everything we need. From the scripture, we see that we, we need not fear. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. God will supply everything we need. Hallelujah. Even when all things seem lost, even when the world is caving in, even when we see the world go upside down with unrighteousness, and they call it righteousness. But no, even in these circumstances, God will supply everything we need. Hallelujah. No one can condemn us. No, for we are children of the Most High God, sons and daughters, bought with a price by the blood of Jesus Christ. And no one and nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is why we're here this morning. And I want to encourage those watching online that are thinking about coming in. It's time to be part of the body and not be a little micro-agent out in the outskirts. Come in to the fullness of what the Lord has for you. Oh, yes, because the Lord is moving through the body. It's no good being a finger over there or a knee over there. Come in to the sanctuary. Come in to the temple of God and let's worship him together and see what the Lord will do. For surely this generation is looking for an answer and we have the answer. We have the answer. Because of Jesus Christ, we are free. We are free, and the whole world needs to know this. Hallelujah. So this morning, as we take of the emblems, let's remember Jesus. We need to come before him in repentance. We need to repent. And this morning, I felt an urgency to repent on behalf of those not here this morning, the wider body of Christ, the ones whose, whose lamps have, have, have gone out. Let's, let's just pray this morning that the, that the repentance, our corporate repentance, will, will have a, an impact on those who are sitting out in the cold. Oh, Lord God, we repent. We repent as a church. We repent for the nation of Australia. Oh, Lord, we know that we've gone astray. We know that we have taken our eyes off you, so many. We know that we have been disappointed with the institution of church. But Lord, I pray this morning for forgiveness. Oh Lord, we stand together as a church in the gap and we intercede and plead with you, God, that because of your kindness, that people will come into a place of repentance. And from there, Lord God, we will see forgiveness and we will see reformation. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that you died on the cross for us and that because of your death and your resurrection, we have victory. We have victory, we are overcomers and we are more than conquerors. Praise you, Lord. Thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. Thank you, Jesus, that you willingly put yourself there on our behalf, that you are now interceding for us on the right hands of God. And so this morning, we take of the bread in remembrance 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's take together. And the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out at Calvary. The blood of Jesus. Oh, we're so grateful that by partaking, we are made whole. And we are free. And we have victory over the curses of sin and death. We take this morning of your cup, Lord Jesus, in remembrance of you for what you have done, for what you are doing, and what you will do in the fullness of your perfect timing. We rejoice with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good, Daniel. Praise God, I don't even need to preach today after communion like that, hey? How good is that? Everyone's sitting at the back. Everyone smell, do I? <laughs> welcome to church. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Pastor Rani and the team. We, we love that we can have you guys come and join us. It, uh, Pastor Joel thought he had a bit of a monopoly on it, but uh, welcome, welcome. We have such a great relationship with Coastwide Church that we can work together. We stand shoulder to shoulder to build the kingdom in this city. It's such an honor to be able to have you guys here. And thank you to our team who allowed us to go to Melbourne the last few days. We got back late last night. Our flight was delayed for three hours, as you would expect when you fly Jetstar. So thank you, Jetstar. We missed out on a few hours sleep. But um, they let us go to Melbourne and said, don't turn up for church until 9 o'clock. This is the first time in three years that we haven't had to come in and set up church. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Daniel. We do appreciate that. More than, more than you guys could imagine, we appreciate that because it's a, it's a big job. It's a big job. I did see some interesting things through the week, though. Some really interesting things going on within the churches here on the Gold Coast that disappoint me and sadden me. In fact, they sicken me. They sicken me. But a good thing that happened through the week before I get into them is we were, myself and Pastor Daniel, were honoured to be able to celebrate a beautiful lady's life. Most of you have met Joel and Ruth. Ruth's mum passed away a couple of weeks ago. And we, we got to go to her funeral. And you know, some of the people here today are actually related. And um, it was beautiful. I, I rang Amanda in tears as I left and said, that's what I want my funeral to be. It's a celebration when we are believers in Christ. We shouldn't be upset when someone passes away. Yes, there'll be tears. But it's a celebration. It was, it was incredible. There was singing. There was, there was worship. Pastor Shane did an altar call. Amen. That's what we should be doing at funerals. It was such an honor. Pastor Daniel shed a couple of tears. I sort of nudged him a couple of times. It's beautiful. So thank you guys for allowing us to be part of that as well. It was such an honor. But, you know, the things we're seeing within the churches, praise God it's not the refinery or, um, or coastwide. Is, you know, there's now a thing happening on the Gold Coast here called prophetic Pilates. If I still swore I'd be doing that right now, you've got to be kidding me. It is sickening that our churches are going into witchcraft more and more, and they're celebrating it. They're putting it on Facebook, saying, look at us, this is what we believe. Let me tell you, my Christ, my Jesus, would be burning their places down. He'd be flipping their tables over. He'd be kicking them out. It is absolutely disgusting. 
So everyone had on their seat this morning, or most people would have had on their seat this morning, our vision and our mission. I want to share that with you before I start, because I'm making a stand again today what the church should look like. It's not prophetic painting. You can do that at home. That's great. Don't do it in the church. It's not interpretive dance. Do that somewhere else, not in the church. It's certainly not prophetic Pilates. You know, there's churches that do yoga in their churches. There's something wrong with that, right? Start calling it out. Don't worry about upsetting them. They need to repent at some stage. So just tell them. So our vision at the refinery is to express the kingdom of heaven, its culture, its fragrance, its authority, and the power in every sphere of influence. Every part of your daily life, you should be a Christian. And it's bringing people into right relationship with their maker through his son, Jesus Christ. Not prophetic Pilates. You can see that wheel there. That's our focuses. That's where we're heading. And our mission is to reach people where they're at. We don't care whether you're the richest person on the Gold Coast or you're homeless. We'll reach you where you're at. And we're going to love them as individuals and as families. Bringing reformation into the body of Christ. Let me tell you, we don't need revival. We need reformation first. Come back to having God at the center. We want to see people saved. We want to see them established in God. We want to see people empowered. We want to disciple people. That's what we do every day of the week. And we want to send people out. That's our vision and that's our mission of this church. We're inviting you to join us in that. Don't worry about all this other stuff that's going on. Let me tell you, the Lord would not be happy with it. He would not be happy with it. Let's not fool ourselves. Let's not fool ourselves. It's disgusting. I remember I was sitting in the cafe just the other day with Amanda. I'm like, look at this. Prophetic Pilates in the churches. And it's a big, long message about it, and they're celebrating it. My goodness. How far has the church fallen? Why do we think we're in a position that we are? Why do we think we have a weak wishy-washy church why do we think that people don't think the church is relevant anymore we start accepting that stuff we start acknowledging the gay and lesbian communities and accepting that as right you know what we have a problem in the church we need to start standing up our son who we went down to see was asking us questions about different denominations on Thursday night, Friday night, wasn't it? Amen to that. He doesn't really believe, but he wants to know about it. He wants to know about Jesus. He will believe at some stage. He will believe. And you know, even as someone who doesn't believe, he has the same morals, the same thought processes as us. He knows what's wrong in Christianity. Praise God. When he accepts Christ, he will be on fire, that lad. Join me in the Lord's Prayer before we go any further. We do this every time we meet. Because when the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to prophesy, he didn't say that, did they? Teach us how to pray, is what he said. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. You know what I love about our church? One of, one of the things I love about our church, looking out there this morning, I reckon we have probably 10 or 12 different nationalities within this church. If you're the token Australian, just put your hand up, because there's not too many of us. Five, six, come on. 
That's what church should look like. There shouldn't be an African church or a Chinese church or a Filipino church or whatever other church. We're church. We're one family. One family. I love it. Coastwide is the same. I mean, there's a lot more Filipinos at Coastwide. And the food is awesome, let me tell you. But, but don't go there. Stay here. <laughs> Stay here. During May, we're going to continue working through our series. In fact, we'll probably end up going into June with this series titled The Living Christ and Family Living because it's designed to strengthen and enrich family life. We all need some of that, don't we? And today we're going to talk about being a Christian in the home because that's really hard. We might be a Christian when we come to church on Sunday. We might be a Christian when we go to the prayer meeting on Saturday morning. We might be a Christian when we're out talking to some of our friends, but it's a little bit harder at home, isn't it? We sort of take our Christian hat off and step back into the world sometimes. Let me pray for our offering before we go any further. We don't do an offering message here at the refinery for everyone that's new. I've sat through thousands of them. I'm sure you have as well. But I'm going to give you the, the opportunity to give anyway. So if you've got your seed there, we're going to pray for it. Have you got ours, Pastor? Holy Father, we bow before your throne of grace and mercy today to thank you for the generosity in your heart towards us. We thank you for the gift of salvation from sin and for your Holy Spirit who lives within us. We thank you for this good day. We accept it as a gift from you, Lord, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen for that. We thank you for drawing us to this house of prayer and worship that we might hear your voice, Lord, and that we might sing and proclaim your praises, Lord. Lord, anything of me this morning, take it out. We just want to hear from you. Accept our gifts, Lord, and bless them to the end that your kingdom might come in the hearts and lives of all people everywhere. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. So if you want to give, there's a, there's a box over there on my left, your right. Amen. Lord, we thank you that we can gather this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can gather safely. Lord, for those family members that are ill this morning, we raise them up to you. That in Jesus' name, that illness is broken off right now. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your blessings this week. Glory is yours, Lord. The glory is yours. The text we're going to concentrate on today, actually, anyone who doesn't know, we're actually baptizing Aunty Patty straight after the service. So come down and join us. We'll be, there'll be morning tea afterwards. The morning tea's already there. I've already checked it out. It looks pretty good. But we're just over near the boat ramp. There's a little beach here. So come and celebrate. If you've got a word for her as we baptize her, share it. We always do our baptisms at the refinery in public because it's a public declaration of our faith. We don't need a baptismal tank hidden under the stage somewhere. We'll do it at the beach. We want people to see. I pray, Lord, that this time I don't nearly get run over by a boat doing it. Some people thought it was funny last time, <laughs> but it happened. Boat come from nowhere and nearly got us, didn't it, Pastor Daniel? So the, the, the verse we're concentrating on this morning is Acts 11, 26. It says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So they assembled with the church. The scriptures we're working through are Ephesians 5.21 through to 6.4. If you've got your Bible, open it up. We can read them together. It'll be on the screen here as well. For everyone watching online, open your Bible up. Verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now that's a good start, isn't it? Submit to one another in the fear of God. And it talks about marriage and Christ and the church. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 
Now, a lot of people don't like hearing that in churches. Wives, submit to your own husbands. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the saviour of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, you don't get off too lightly either. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives. Notice it says own, not someone else's. Husbands should love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. This is an extension of what we spoke about last week. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, we're in verse 31, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we're talking about our own families during this series, but we're also talking about the church family. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Then he goes on and talks about children and parents from verse 6-1 onwards. Children, there's a few of you in here. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Who loves commandments with a promise? If you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, good luck. Verse 3, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. That sounds pretty good to me. I've told Pastor Amanda I'm going to live till 120 because that's what the Bible tells me. She said start eating more salad. (laughs) But the Bible tells me I'm going to live till 120. (laughs) Verse 4, and you, fathers. Now this is a hard bit, fathers, I know. I've been there. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up in the Word. The acid test of our profession of faith is revealed by the manner in which we conduct ourselves as followers of Christ within the family unit. What you do at church on a Sunday should be exactly the same thing as what you do Monday morning. To be genuinely Christian in the home requires more than just believing in God's existence. That's the problem with the church, isn't it? People say, I'm Christian, I believe in God. I'm going to ignore everything he taught, but I believe he's real. We've got to change that. You can change that. I believe we can change society in one generation. We've just seen what happened in America. Whether we believe guns are good or bad, it doesn't matter. I said to Pastor Amanda, as soon as that shooting happened through the week, I'll guarantee that kid doesn't have a father. Guess what? Doesn't have a father, drug addict mother, raised by his grandmother, out of control, mental illnesses. We can change that. We need to teach young men to be men and then be fathers. We need to teach young ladies to be ladies and then be mothers. One generation, we can change it. It requires even more than just being a church member, you know, and going to church from time to time. It requires a genuine conversion experience and walking daily with the Holy Spirit. I poked the home churches a bit last week and I'm doing it again today. The Bible said they met in the temple daily and then broke bread from house to house. It doesn't say they went from church to church from house to house. They broke bread. I am believing that we will have a building one day where we can have church every single day. I am believing that it'll be a 24-hour open building 
where we'll have a sanctuary. We'll have a little chapel at the front that'll always be open where people can just go, where people can be praying wherever they want to. I'm believing for that. And it's going to happen on the Gold Coast. Considering we started almost three years ago in the back of our shop, moved to a school, got kicked out within six weeks, moved to a small... We had church at home a few times, didn't we? Moved to a small scout hall and now we're here. You know what? The next move is a big one. Praise God. And I'm not going into debt to get a building for the church. Someone's going to walk in and give it to us. Praise God for that. And the council will allow us to have a church in the city. That's going to take some work. That will take some work. But it's going to happen. So our first point today is being genuinely Christian involves a real faith in Jesus Christ. Not just saying, yep, I accept him, I believe he's real. You've got to have a faith in him. When he says he's going to do something, he actually means it. What is in here, and he said, will come to fruition. Let me tell you, the beast system is already in place. Open your eyes and see it. It's already in place now. Most of our governments are involved in it. Most of our churches are involved in it. They just don't know it yet. Or maybe they do. The basic root of the word faith means to unite. I am united united with Christ. You are united with Christ. Genuine faith in God brings about unity with God. When he says, Pastor Gary, don't do something. Guess what? I'm not going to go and do it. But when he says, yes, do that, I will do it. I might question it. Lord, why are you sending me to Africa again? You know how much I really enjoy it over there. Not really. It's hot and dirty. The food's not that great. KFC's awesome over there, but everything else is a little bit average. We've got to start listening to what he says. When he says, do something, do it. When he says do something, or when you think you hear him say do something and it's not in the word of God, don't do it because that's not him. A genuine faith in Jesus Christ causes us to not unite with ourselves and unite with him to extend the fact that we follow him. Whenever he says go, we go. Whenever he says stop, we stop. Some of us are sitting in a valley now and wondering why. You know what, maybe it was God just saying, hey, stop, sit for a while, have a rest. Let me work on you. Let me work within your life. We've got to stop blaming the devil for everything. He's not responsible for everything that happens in your life. The Israelites' enemies were used by God to attack Israel. Maybe some of your enemies are actually being used by God to slow you down, to bring you closer to him. Luke 9.23 says, take up your cross and follow him. Who's actually willing to do that? That cross is heavy. It's got splinters in it. It's going to hurt. There's a price. The free gift of salvation, if you really want it, is going to cost you everything you've got. Let's read it. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, that's you, you're the anyone's here. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That means we need to be a Christian every day. Not just the days we want to. Thus, faith is more than an intellectual belief or in the existence of God as a presence or a power in our lives. You know what? The theologians out there that write all the books, and most of them wouldn't know Christ if they tripped over him. They got all the head knowledge, but they don't have the relationship. You, each and every one of you that has that relationship with Christ knows more about the kingdom than he does. The theologian I'm talking about. We are a kingdom church. I don't even like the word Christian. We're kingdom. Genuine faith brings us to God as he has revealed himself through Christ. Being genuinely Christian involves a willingness to be corrected so as to bring about change in our lives. You know, sometimes when your pastor says to you, don't do that, 
or I don't think that's a great idea. You're being corrected, so you change. But the church doesn't like that as a whole worldwide, do they? Oh, my pastor said I couldn't go and do something. My pastor said I shouldn't be out getting drunk every night. My pastor said this, my pastor said that. I don't like him anymore, I'm going to find a new church. It's for your own good. Too many churches, we've sat in them, have said, go and do as you please, Jesus loves you. Let me tell you, that greasy grace is a really slippery slope into hell. Don't just go and do as you please. Jesus spent much of his time in a concentrated effort with his disciples, didn't he? He was growing them. He sought to bring about changes in their thought patterns and in their decision-making processes. He sought to place within them a new set of values. I've been preaching the same message for three years. It's Christianity 101. It's the basics of our faith. Sometimes people are amazed by it. It's the basics. That's why I say we don't need revival. It'll come. We need reformation. We need God at the centre. Wait for the revolution to take place when that happens. Jesus sought to place with them a new set of values. His values. His values weren't money and possessions and fame and fortune and which pastor's selling the most books this year. It's not Jesus' values. There's one book about him. This one. Whichever version you read, it doesn't matter. Actually, there's a couple you probably shouldn't read, but there's one book about him. Get your own revelation of God by reading this. Don't go and get John Bevere's revelation or Nate Johnson's revelation. Read it yourself. I'm not saying don't buy their books. There's probably some good stuff in there, but who knows? I don't read them. I don't even watch other ministers preach. If I want to hear someone preach, I go to another church that is like-minded. Don't do that either. Stay here. (laughs) (laughs) This need for change is dramatically illustrated with our Lord's experience with Peter, isn't it? Peter sought to turn his Lord from the road that led to the cross. Remember that? Peter tried to stop him. And Jesus said to him rather abruptly in Matthew 16, 23, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offence to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Get behind me, Satan. The Apostle Paul challenged believers in Rome to dedicate themselves completely to God. Let me encourage you, dedicate yourself completely to God. I love the fact that there's a couple of young ladies here this morning when they were coming to Australia, the first thing they looked for was a church. Amen. That is a good thing. Don't worry about where you're going to live. Find a church. That's dedicating yourself to God. But Grace and Ramel would listen to God when he said, you're going to leave the Philippines now and move to Singapore. And they said, yes, Lord. You're going to leave Singapore now and move to the Gold Coast. Coast. Yes, Lord. That's dedicating yourself to God. I challenge every one of you to do the same thing. And after Paul challenged them, they would experience the inward transformation, making it possible to discover that God's plan for his people is best. His plan for you is better than anything you could think or imagine. For anything that you could want for yourself, his plan is better. It may not look the same, but it's better. Romans 12, 1-2 talks about living sacrifices of God or to God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Amen for that. Please don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. People said to us, how did COVID affect you? Didn't. 
We went to church every week. We had our business. At the time, we had our business when it started. We sold our business in the middle of COVID. Praise the Lord, because that wasn't happening for too many people. COVID didn't affect us at all. Yeah, we had to move church to home for a little bit. We met in the park a few times, but we're not conforming to the world. I don't care that monkeypox is here. I could not care less. Take the K out. It's silent. It's monkeypox. I don't care. I will not conform. Two and a half years ago, I said, church, get the bail money ready. Because when they come in here to shut us down, you're going to have to bail me out. I don't get paid. Someone's going to have to get me out. I'll be in Southport lockup. Awesome, Zane. Thank you. Someone's going to come and get me. But don't conform to the world. It's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope. We had churches that were closing their doors. Why? Why? We have a contingency plan here. If it happens again, and it will, it'll happen again. We have a contingency plan. We'll still be meeting. Churches were actually testing clinics. Churches, churches were vaccination hubs. What the? What's going on? They're conforming to the world. It was about the money, wasn't it? They wanted the money. Don't conform to the world. Renew your mind. Read this. Don't take my word for it each week. Read this. In the seven epistles from John to the churches of Asia Minor, the Lord continued to challenge them to change. I challenge you to change. If you're still here in a year, if you've been here for a year and you haven't grown, I haven't done my job. And I'll be asking you why you're here if you haven't grown. And we find some people get to that one year mark and go, oh, I like my life a little bit too much. Maybe I don't really want to give it to Christ. And they leave. And we love them, we bless them, they're welcome back anytime. But we're a church about change. We want your minds renewed. We want your life renewed. Repeatedly, John encouraged them to listen to the voice of the Spirit, not the voices of the spirits, the voice of the Spirit. If you believe the Holy Spirit's telling you something and it doesn't line up with what's in the Bible, that is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not telling churches, go and do prophetic Pilates. That's not the Holy Spirit, I can assure you. makes me angry, Pastor Amanda. <laughs> it doesn't even make me angry for the pastors. They're just wrong. It makes me angry for the poor people sitting in their congregations that are listening to it and believing it. And you know the fastest growing churches on the Gold Coast at the moment are those ones. It's disappointing. Third thing today is being genuinely Christian requires that we relate to each other in terms of helping love. Remember last week I said there were three types of love. Jesus is speaking to his disciples concerning the manner in which they would become recognized as his disciples. He said in John 13, 34 to 35, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Show me the fruit. You can tell me you're a Christian. Great. Show me the fruit. If I don't see it, I will question it. I love the Lord, but I really hate that person. Well, that fruit's not real good, is it? We can work on that. We'll pray for you. And these ministries just as a caveat, these ministries and these pastors that I'm talking about, we pray for them. We pray for their restoration. We pray for their restoration, but the Bible tells us this will happen. There'll be a falling away. Falling away doesn't mean churches will disappear. It means they'll stop teaching his word. Here our Lord is talking about self-giving love that always relates in to, to others in terms of the highest possible good for them. I want the best 
possible thing for you. I want the best possible thing for your life because that's what God wants. In this same kind of love, or it is the same kind of love that Paul spoke about in our scripture passage when he encouraged husbands to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Husbands, love your wives. I was lucky enough to marry my best friend. Let me tell you, we had some arguments. Put two broken people together and see what happens. The Holy Spirit has to be in there if it's going to work. It scares me a little bit that Pastor Amanda becomes a little bit more like me every day. Could have two of us in the house. (laughs) And I pray to the Lord that I become a little bit more like her. Husbands, love your wives. Jesus demonstrated his love for the church by dying on a cross. I would die for Pastor Amanda. When we travel overseas, I don't even know whether she realizes, I even do it here on the Gold Coast. If we're out for a walk, I'll always be like half a step behind her because I want to see what's happening so I can step in if I need to. I would die for my wife as Jesus died for his church. We must practice this kind of love within the family if we truly are going to be what the Father God would have us be. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4, 8, and above all things, above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will conquer a multitude of sins, or so so love will cover a multitude of sins. We love each and every one of you. We're family here. When one of our family members hurt, we hurt. When you bleed, we bleed. I've never spent so much time in tears in my whole life as I had when we planted this church in this last few years. When you hurt, we hurt. Sometimes you're like naughty little kids, but that's okay. (laughs) We still love everyone. In no place is this kind of love more needed than within the family unit. We all, or most of us, have slightly dysfunctional families, right? Some of us have really dysfunctional families. We still need to love them like Christ loved his church. Being genuinely Christian in the home requires a willingness to be forgiven and forgiving. That's hard. We spoke about this last week. Peter raised the question about forgiveness. Jesus encouraged him to place no limits on forgiveness in family relationships. 70 times 7. For each thing, there's no limit on forgiveness. Forgiveness involves a repudiation of the right to retaliate. I'm a fighter. I'm one of those people who will talk about politics. I will talk about religion. I will argue the point of right and wrong. So forgiveness is sometimes hard, right? We've got to give up that right to retaliate. Forgiveness is a decision to not be offended. Remember I said last week, at some stage I will offend you. It's what you do with that offence is up to you. You can leave it at the foot of the cross or you can pick it up and run with it. It's your call. I suggest you just leave it at the foot of the cross. But it's a decision not to be offended and not to hold on to hostility toward a person who has acted as an enemy, who has hurt you, who has done something, and most of the time they probably don't even know they've done it. Forgiveness involves a positive effort to re-establish a warm relationship with a person who has brought you pain. It's hard, isn't it? Who thinks forgiveness is easy? Good, no one. We don't need to pray for anyone for lying today, Pastor Amanda. That's good. It's hard. And we need to practice it. We're never going to get it right every time. 
I pray for forgiveness every week from the congregation. I love the fact that we have people standing in the gap for us. We had a, a discussion, actually last week, about intercessors in the church. And we got home that afternoon and we had a, a message from an intercessor in South Africa, an Afrikaans lady, Marty. And she, it, it, was, it was amazing, wasn't it? Keep going, don't stop. Keep going, don't stop. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. Don't give up. When we've got people from the other side of the world saying, keep going, God's showing me what he's doing. You know what? We're at this church is on the edge of something. When you see me and I'm looking all anxious and jittery and looks like I've got really bad anxiety, it's not too much coffee, that's how I get before God does something. I've been like it for about two months now. Something is coming. Something is coming. This is the longest I've been like it, so it's going to be big. I know it frustrates Pastor Amanda. I'm like a cat on a hot tin roof some days. I can't stay still. Jesus encourages us to be obedient to all of God's commandments, not just the ones we like, all of them. Or we could go down the, the Hebrew path if we want, and you know, there's lots more commandments there. Let's just stick with, with these ones. It's a lot easier. The motive for this obedience is not for fear of the consequences of disobedience, but rather our obedience is to be based on the love and the gratitudes of God's goodness towards us. I'm obedient because he loves me. I'm obedient because everything we have, he gave us. I'm obedient because I want to be. Let me tell you, I mess up every now and then, probably every day. But he forgives me because I seek his forgiveness. We must be repenting daily. Once saved, always saved, doesn't work, let me tell you. There are plenty of people who have been ministers even that have walked away from the faith and said they don't believe anymore. Guess what? You're not going to see them in heaven. There are plenty of other people, when you get there, you'll be like, how did you get here? Seriously. Once saved, always saved is not right. We need to be repenting daily. The Christian home is a place where God should be trusted sincerely and steadfastly and where he is lovingly obeyed in all things. I know that's what we strive for. I'm going to finish up I'm coming in for a landing, so I'm not sure what's happening next. Let each of us determine to be genuinely Christian, to be genuinely kingdom in our hearts and in our homes. We have to make the decision. It's up to us. I can't make it for you. You have to do it. I can't read your Bible for you. You have to do that too. I can't do your obedience for you. You have to do that can't do your listening for you. You have to do that. My commitment to you is I'll preach the word every single week. But what you do with it is up to you. So we have to determine to be genuinely Christian in our hearts and in our homes, not just on Sunday morning. Let us begin the day with a prayer of gratitude for the privilege of being alive. Every morning when I wake up, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for my beautiful wife. Thank you, Lord, that we get to serve you together. And then there's normally a few other things. At night when I go to bed, same thing. Thank you, Lord, that I made it through this day. Give me another one tomorrow. Lord, thank you for my beautiful wife. Thank you that we get to serve you together. Let us invite God to fill our hearts with love. Let us invite him to fill our hearts with love. Let us ask God for divine wisdom as we face each day. Who could do with a little bit more divine wisdom? I'm pretty sure we all can. Let us pray that God's Spirit will control us 
Control isn't a bad word when it's the Holy Spirit doing the controlling. And let us pray that God's Spirit will help us to be helpful, especially to those within our families. Your first ministry is within your family. Pastors overseas, especially you guys in Africa, your first ministry is to your family. My first ministry is to my wife. And then our kids. None of them live with us, so it's a little bit more difficult to minister to them. But your first ministry is to your family. If you have not yet received Christ, I'm talking to everyone online here, because I'm pretty sure everyone in the building here this morning is saved. If you haven't yet received Christ into your hearts, it would be an extremely wise decision to seek Him today while you still have the opportunity. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. The beautiful Josephina passed away. We celebrated her life just in this last week. She knew that tomorrow wasn't guaranteed. She lived life to the fullest. We all got to do that. This is a lady that would turn up to church every week with a smile on her face, excited to be there. I see too many sad Christians walking around, too many miserable Christians walking around. We need to change that. God loves you. That's enough to be celebrating. That's enough to be happy. He waits at the door and he's eager to come into your life. You can hear that knocking. Let me in. He's not going to force himself on you. Let me encourage you to let him in. Let him in. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we can share this time together every week. We thank you that we have a church family that love each other. And that includes our wider church family. Whether they're based here on the Gold Coast, Lord, or they're, they're in Kenya or the Philippines or wherever they might be, we thank you, Lord, that we can meet together. And Lord, our goal is to love you and to love each other. Lord, we declare right now that this city will be one for you. We declare, Lord, that that day, that night, not too long ago when that Welcome to Sin City sign was pulled down just outside the airport, we thank you, Lord, that that was a declaration of your love that this, this city will be one for you. We thank you, Lord, that churches are being planted daily all around the world. We pray for them. We raise them up to you, Lord. We raise these ministers up to you, Lord, that they will not stray from the narrow path that you have set them on. That they won't be clouded and attracted by money, Lord. Lord, I'll... we don't need the big screens, the skinny jeans and the smoke machines. As the man-made church crumbles, Lord, out of the ruins will rise up your kingdom. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I just want you all to stand with me. Sing a song together. Lord, God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from.